I'm Iris First, and welcome to my podcast, Really Is That The Way You See Me? This podcast focuses on opening up the blind spots in your relationships, never forgetting the most important one, which is the relationship that you have with yourself. The opening of these blind spots is proportionate to your willingness to view the world from a different lens, and from that lens, then seeing what is possible. Satisfying and fulfilling relationships are available to you without changing anyone else, but rather opening up your perspective. I love this quote by the Buddha, when all is understood, all is forgiven. So let's begin to uncover some of the things that are hidden from our view in our relationships and with ourselves. Welcome to episode five called Relationships and Your Enneagram Survival Instincts. In the last episode, we discussed that there are three personality types which make up your Enneagram personality trifecta. And in total, there are 27 different combinations. Today, we'll be adding yet another dimension, which I believe is a crucial piece to compatibility within relationships. These are called your three instinctual survival strategies. These survival strategies unconsciously drive our moment-to-moment focus and what we seek from others to feel safe and fulfilled. As with the nine basic Enneagram types and the 27 trifecta combinations, there is no instinct, which is better or worse. We have all of the instincts, all three within us, just to a lesser or greater degree. It's just about being conscious to which one is running in each moment and being able to tag when our dominant instinct is triggered or inflamed. Similarly to a three-column bar graph, we have a primary and secondary and tertiary instinct. And sometimes you have two instincts which can be very close percentage-wise, and it takes a bit more inquiry to distinguish which your primary instinct is. Discovering your dominant instinctual subtype deepens your knowledge and understanding to what creates instantaneous compatibility and chemistry in all types of relationships, whether it be dating and mating, parent-child, siblings, friends, and coworkers. The three instinctual survival strategies are a major unconscious driver in your individual personality blueprinting and the third crucial component to Enneagram typing. The first component is your primary type in the nine basic Enneagram types. The second is your Enneagram trifecta combination. And the third is your instinctual survival strategy ordering. In almost two decades of working with the Enneagram, I have observed and hypothesized that the first thing that drives us is our dominant instinct. And then it's filtered through our Enneagram trifecta type. These three instincts are called Self-preservation, also known as self-survival, the social instinct, also known as the tribal instinct, and the sexual instinct, also known as the one-to-one relational instinct. We use these instincts and their strategies unconsciously to thrive and stay alive. Now, I will begin with a brief description of all of the instincts, starting with self-preservation. The self-preserving instinct has a survival strategy and focus on having enough resources to sustain their existence, such as food, shelter, health, time, energy, and money. When seeking a partner, they unconsciously look for someone that will either replenish or at the very least not be a drain on their resources. 
of all the instincts, the self-preservation instinct is the most adept at practical and survival skills. Self-preservation types can seem more grounded than the other instincts and conserving their energy and resources is a way of life for them. This instinct will sacrifice for their own well-being and safety, as well as the well-being and safety of their families and loved ones. As with each primary instinct, they can never have enough of what they seek. An example of this is even if they have tons of money, they'll usually live well beneath their means and still be preoccupied with the thought, what would happen if I lost it all? The next survival instinct is called the social or tribal instinct. The social or tribal instinct has a survival strategy and focus on all for one and one for all. They usually belong to groups and communities. When seeking a partner, they desire someone that will join them in their group activities and causes. I want to note that even if you are more introverted by nature, you can have a dominant social instinct. People often confuse having a primary social instinct with being extroverted. I want to clarify that having this dominant instinct does not mean you want to socialize, but rather that you feel safer in belonging to groups, tribes, and communities. This instinctual subtype will focus on how they fit into the group and how they are perceived by others. This instinct also tends to gravitate towards moralistic judgments pertaining to the shoulds and should nots of society. With the increase of social media, social subtypes no longer actually need to physically be with people to acquire more groups or tribal members. They now can virtually join groups and causes on different platforms like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This instinct will sacrifice for the group's communities, tribes, and causes. The social instinct unconsciously fears being an outcast and not being able to survive on their own. They believe they are safer in numbers and have more of a pack mentality. Next, the sexual or one-to-one relational instinct. The sexual or one-to-one relational instinct has the survival strategy of looking for the idealized mate that they can merge and be in perfect union with. This instinctual subtype will have one or few significant people who they believe to be their pair bonds. It feels safer for them to have these pair bonds who will sacrifice for them and they will sacrifice for in return as opposed to a large circle. They focus on deep, meaningful and self-revealing conversations in their relationships. They can easily be seen as intimacy junkies, especially to those who may lead with the other two instincts. They love eye contact when they are captivated in a conversation and will lock in on someone they feel has that spark. Dominant sexual or one-to-one relational types will constantly track for the perfect attunement with their significant others. And what they fear most is disconnection with them. When they experience a rift in their relationships, they may find themselves unable to focus on daily practical necessities. I also want to note that these three instincts have extraordinary gifts and challenges. Here are some of the highs and lows of each instinct. The self-preservation instinct on the high side, they are practical, grounded, and pragmatic and know how to prioritize to get stuff done. They are driven to take care of their health and physical well-being. On the low side, 
They can be stingy hoarding and obsess over survival issues. They can easily feel that others are a drain on their time and energy. Their approach to life is, I'm going to get mine at all costs. Please keep in mind, all of these responses are automatic. Next, the social or tribal instinct. On the high side, they are friendly, inclusive, collaborative, and dedicated to the causes that they believe in. As I mentioned, the social instinct is like the three musketeers, all for one and one for all. On the low side, they can be gossipy, moralistically judgmental, and polarizing. They can forfeit their own truth to fit in and belong and avoid being cast out. They tend to speak in generalizations as opposed to in terms of I and fear to voice anything that differs from the group consensus. The sexual or one-to-one relational instinct. On the high side, they are passionate, self-revealing, devoted, and introspective. There is nothing that they would not do for their closest intimates or pair bonds. On the low side, they are excessively emotionally intense, highly demanding of their pair bonds, exclusionary, and have a self-grandiose image that they are deeper and greater attuned than those of the other two instincts. To explain these differences, I will use my fire-breathing dragon example, being that these instincts are all about survival. If there were a fire-breathing dragon approaching the dominant self-preservation instinct, they would try to find a fireproof cave for themselves to hide and be safe and then bring in their loved ones. As for the sexual or one-to-one relational instinct, they would stand in front of the pair bond and tell the dragon, take me and let my pair bond be safe. As for the social or tribal instinct, they would collaborate with the other tribal members and work together, which each person having a job against our dangerous dragon. And now I will give you a few examples of how the Enneagram and instincts play out in relationships. In episode three, I gave you an example of two friends who I called Bianca and Jen that both led with the type seven, the enthusiast and their trifecta personality type slightly differed. Bianca being the seven, the enthusiast, the two, the helper, and the eight, the challenger, this trifecta is called the freedom seeker. While Jen was seven, the enthusiast, two, the helper, and nine, the peacemaker. And this trifecta is called the peace seeker. If you have not listened to the previous episode or need a refresher, please feel free to do so. Now, getting back to these two friends, Bianca and Jen not only have different trifecta types, but they also have different instinctual survival strategies. Bianca's primary instinct is the sexual one-to-one relational who needs to address and go deeply into an issue or conflict that occurs with those she considers to be a pair bonds until it is resolved. And Jen is one of them. Whereas Jen is primarily the social or tribal subtype and will deal with the issue in a more generalized manner. These two friends do truly love each other and yet feel unfulfilled in their interactions during an upset. When their dominant instinct is triggered, the judgments, also known as the demon monologues, enter the picture, and their ego starts making each other wrong, leading to disconnection and causing a rift in their friendship. For Bianca, it seems as if Jen doesn't understand her, or the importance of dealing with the issue and getting it resolved. She judges Jen as superficial, 
projecting onto her that she does not care. For Jen, she can't understand why Bianca is so intense and has to go into depth of everything. She judges Bianca as negative and too intense. Does this sound familiar to you within any of your interactions? This was, of course, before they learned about the Enneagram and their unique differences and distinguished where they get in trouble. The second example is in a romantic relationship. This is the story about Mary and John and their dynamic as a couple from the Enneagram perspective. Mary is a self-preservation type six, the loyalist. John is a sexual or one-to-one -one relational type four, the individualist. When these two first got together, Mary loved the ways in which John made her feel seen, known, and loved for who she is. She and John would have the deepest and most intimate conversations. In the beginning, John loved Mary's practical, grounded, and supportive approach to every situation that would arise. And all was wonderful for the first six months. And then they started to hit some speed bumps, as many relationships do. Viewing this misunderstanding from the lens of the Enneagram and its instinctual variance, you could begin to understand where this couple began to go astray. The focus of Mary as a self-preservation six is on safety, security, consistency, and conservation of time, energy, and resources. The focus of John as a sexual four is about union, perfect attunement, being known, seen for their uniqueness, and being loved for who they are. After the initial romantic phase, when an upset would occur, Jordan would want to discuss and process it until there was no stone left unturned, whereas Mary found this anxiety-producing, impractical, and energetically draining. They both felt unfulfilled and drew the conclusion that the other did not care, and they eventually ended the relationship. The point of this example is, if they had a deeper understanding of each other's needs and instinctual survival strategies, they wouldn't have personalized the other's reaction and their relationship could have had a different outcome. Can any of you relate to some aspect of these examples? Can you imagine what is possible in your relationship if you were both able to understand and discuss your differences without taking them personally? And this is why I love the Enneagram and the other systems that make up your individual personality blueprinting. Okay, so here's a recap of today's episode. We are all wired differently with some similarities. There are nine basic Enneagram types and each one has its gifts and challenges. You have an Enneagram personality trifecta, which means three main types that drive you, a primary, a secondary, and tertiary. You have three instinctual survival subtypes and strategies, sexual, social, and self-preservation in a particular ordering. Having the same dominant instinct or instinctual survival ordering can feel like an instantaneous attraction and commonality. Understanding our differences through the wisdom of the Enneagram allows for deeper, more meaningful and fulfilling relationships. When you get triggered by someone you love, there is a good chance there is a lack of understanding occurring in addition to making it personal. If you have any further questions, you could reach me by visiting my website, relations with an S coach.com. 
You can email your questions to iris at relations-coach.com. Also, please feel free to take my Enneagram personality trifecta test. Remember to take part one and part two. Part two is about your instinctual survival strategies. And take advantage of the complimentary 15-minute consultation to either briefly discuss your results or you could use it if you're struggling with any personal or relational issue and see if our working together is a right fit for you. To receive my not-so-monthly blogs, upcoming workshop specials, and any available handouts, please join my email list, which you will find on my website. If you enjoyed today's episode and are interested in listening to previous and upcoming episodes, please feel free to subscribe. You can find me by searching, really, is that the way you see me, on any of your preferred platforms. And most importantly, I want to take a moment to thank you for creating the time in your day to listen to this podcast. It is my pleasure and honor to be a conduit that can lead to happy, loving, and fulfilling relationships. I look forward to connecting with you and catch you on our next show.